what is this podcast? Uh, what are you listening to? What am I listening to? No, I'm talking to the listener. What oh, are you listening to? What are they listening to? I don't know. Hey, it's me, Ryan, the voice in your ears. How are you doing? Am I, well, sp- am I supposed to answer that? I'm talking to the listener. Okay. I already said that. Okay. Are you having a nice time? Do you listen to this first thing in the morning, or do you stay up late to listen to it as soon as it comes out late at night? I think we both know the answer. So, uh, last time on the episode, last time on last episode, I played the Champion's Ballad, uh, approximately one half of it. Uh, yeah, you split it up pretty good. Uh, this is the, uh, the second DLC, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you know all about it. You listened to the previous podcast. Probably. Probably? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I know for sure you did. The, uh, second half of it then involved going to the Rito land, where I ran into Cass, who... He has a song about Rivali. He has a song about Rivali that he's working on that gives hints that you can correlate with the images on the weird shrine thing that pops up. It's not a shrine. Uh, does the game have a word for what these things are again? I forget. I don't think so. Um, I'd be interested to know what they were called internally. They're, they are like... They're almost like information kiosks. Did we use the word kiosk before? No, but that's a that's a good way to refer to them. Um, They're like triple spired shrine like things where there's a big flat spot in the middle to stand on. It's very similar to what you'd set up at like a scenic overlook to have. You wouldn't have aerial photography, but you'd have a little informational placard that says, "This is where the organ trail happened." If you look through this two spires that's this state and then if you look through this two spires that's this state it's very much a four quarter situation except three exactly there's probably a lot well what are the things you had to do this time around so i went over to the first one that had me go back to the shooting range and I had to shoot four targets simultaneously, air quotes. The flight range, the place where you shoot targets while f- in the updraft zone. Yes. And they wanted you to shoot four simultaneously, but essentially that just means shooting four in the middle of one bullet time slowdown sequence. Yeah, yeah. So that's not too difficult. Uh, this opened up No Raji Shrine. No, no Raji Shrine is the one with the tower and it's, all the fans. Yeah, it's kind of a variation on something we'd seen in previous shrines, but with the added element of it being one spinning tower. Yeah. You have to shoot a bunch of switches to create like a staircase of updrafts, essentially. And there's kind of some, it's it's kind of puzzly, right? There are some places where the switches are hard to reach. Yeah, but with bomb arrows, it's not too tough. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the, the name of the game. With bomb arrows, it's not too tough. 
Except for one thing we're going to get to in this episode, actually. Oh. <laughs> I did Kia Tawaza Shrine after that, which to unlock that, I had to do like a shield surfing agility course down Heber Mountain. Oh, so this is the the one with the video game circles. You f- you don't fly through them this time. You, you don't fly through them this time. Through them. Yeah, you surf through them. There's kind of one agility exercise per region. Yeah. Uh, and I like the variations that they did on it. It's pretty okay. This one, it's actually a pretty tight timing-wise. I feel like it was harder than any of the the two like racing courses the game had offered up previously. Well, do different shields surf at different speeds oh i have no idea i don't i think that sell me or whoever it is explains at some point that um it's like a better shield will make you go faster that sounds fake okay i don't think that's true but i actually have no idea i've never looked into that before should we fact check this i'm i'm checking okay tap 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 well, this one was a shrine that was a really cute, I, I, I almost called it a Rube Goldberg when I was writing the notes, but it's more of like a marble course thing that you would see on YouTube where you have to get a marble through a cute little course. Only oh, don't, ta- don't talk about this yet. I'm trying to figure out okay. whether different shields are different. Okay. Um, I'm seeing a couple sources explain that um the ancient shield and daybreaker are faster i it's not saying that um like what i was remembering was the just like the defense rating of the shield is equal to its speed basically i could see it being Um, implemented some way that way that's not what i'm seeing here though um i'm not there is a difference though and so you can pick a you you may have been using a crappy shield that made the timing really tight for that course that seems possible uh i did not think that that was a thing yeah it seems possible now but when i suggested it just a moment ago you said it sounded fake it does sound fake it sounds i'm trying to it's it's certainly something that's possible and what you're saying is that you looked on the internet and it says it's that's actually the case. So now I have to believe it. <laughs> but before it sounds like the kind of thing that would get passed around on a forum of people saying, Oh, I'm pretty sure if you use this shield, it's actually faster. The ancient shield faster going down hills. Okay. And it's, you know, non-scientific at that stage, but it sounds like people have actually probably put that to the test. I think that it says it in the game. Maybe. That's just something I did not see. Okay. Uh, Anyway, so there's a marble course. The shrine is like, this is the one with a bunch of different places where you have to use stasis, basically. It's not even just stasis. It's a bunch of things. There's a stasis thing. There's like, you have to magnesis, like, platforms into place to get it to go correctly. Okay. You have to cryonis a thing. Yeah, you have to cryonis a thing to make a bridge, so it's... Using all of your tools to get a marble through, of course. But the marble is obviously one of the big orbs. And it's another thing where you're crawling around inside the machine. Yeah, it's that fun. You're manipulating. The like best. An, like an ant. Like an ant. A it's, pachinko ant. It's great. We're going to call these p- puzzles pachinko ant puzzles from now on. 
I can see it. And then I did. No, I think it sounds fake. <laughs> we're getting punchy today. This is good. We're getting well. We we were getting really angry before we started recording, and so it's bleeding through. It's great. The, the podcast is tearing our friendship apart. That's live, right. Live on the air. <laughs> Shira Gomar Shrine uh, is the one where you need to shoot J- Dinral the dragon. You have to shoot him in his face. Um, like what? What is the cue for you to? You have to be at a specific spot on the canyon, right? Yes. There's people will tell you in town. I think the elder tells you about. Hey, there's been dragon sightings, and now that the divine beast has been dealt with, we're kind of looking at you know anything else that might be threatening, and so we're kind of concerned about that dragon that just comes around. You know, there's a dragon that just comes around. <laughs> Anyway, I sent one of the uh, guards to, like, surveil that situation. So you can go uh, to the canyon and meet one of the guards with a little campsite. And right at dusk, or dawn? Right at dawn? I I forget. A certain time of day, Zinral will come up the canyon... And when it gets within a certain range, it gets, like, the Sheikah magic around the horns. Mm-hmm. And that's your cue to shoot it with an arrow. Um, And, like, don't all the other... um, Yeah, all the other champions' stories have, like, extra little boss fights. But for Rivales, all you do is shoot this dragon in the head once. Yep. It's a uh, not a. Let me think. What was the, what was the uh, the Zora one? Oh, it was the fighting the flying guardians that I love so much. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So this is that equivalent, which is not you know super exciting. I kind of expected them to just do that malice version of the dragon fight again. Oh, that would be cool. But maybe that's coded in such a way that. They couldn't just pull all of that programming out of that section, throw it over to here. Well, I guess they wanted it to be something that takes place over in that quadrant of the map. Because uh, it, it's it's weird to have Dinral be the associated dragon for Rivali's quest, right? The dragons are weird because their turf is really malleable. Yeah, yeah, but like... They don't change Dinral's uh, schedule for this quest either, though. No, seemingly no. I want the dragons um, to talk. I wish the dragons talked. Were you and I talking about that before, or was I reading that somewhere else? I think we've had a conversation on the podcast okay. about this. I just am reiterating it here that they should talk, and they should make them talk in the next game and like not bring up the fact that they didn't talk in the previous game. Okay. Or like, don't don't make it like a thing where suddenly now I can talk. Just make it like we didn't feel like talking because you're just shooting arrows at us. What up? I don't know. I feel like I'd rather have more interesting characters talk. I think. Oh, you know, I'm not. I'd rather have the windfish come back to life. <laughs> okay, but he's a skeleton now. Yeah, but you do a ritual that refleshes him and he flies and 
it gives you the instruments. Sorry, I just had a... Oh, where, where was I? I was thinking about a bunch of fanfic. Wonderful. What was the shrine? Um, Shira Gomar Shrine. What is this one? Oh, this is like a like a course in like a video game sense where you have to get through a series of linear obstacles. Mm-hmm. This one involves those funnels that you can put bombs into, but these ones shoot the bombs out along like wind currents. And you have to, most of these are rotating in some way, so you have to time both putting the bomb into the receptacle and then time detonating the bomb when it's in the right spot. So it's kind of a and weird set of timing puzzles. One of the Daruk shrines was like this too, right? I don't remember one specifically that was like this, but okay, I don't Okay, maybe I'm confused. There very but... well might have been, but I don't remember. Uh, whoops. Okay. Um. Anyway, it's. It, I remember this being tricky, but I think I remembered a different, ep, uh, shrine on the previous episode. Anyway, these bomb funnel things are tricky. And, uh, was this a tough shrine for you? There was one that was tricky that I wound up using stasis to get through and i think that might have been the intended way but if it wasn't then stasis is a way to make it way more manageable than it was Hmm. oh no it was because there's one where as the wind current passes it will hit one of those windmills that we like so much and it'll like close a gate making it so you can't get the thing passed so you have to stasis it at the right time that's what it was yeah yeah uh, again, these are all just remixing elements we've seen in Shrines previously. Mm-hmm. It's good. We got all those ones sorted out. I went over to Vameto to refight Memory Wind Blight Ganon. Mm-hmm. I do want to bring up, because we, we got into it a little bit last podcast. Okay. I'm fairly certain the way the game spells it out is that these are your Link's memories and not the memories of the champions. Okay. Well, then I wonder where I got that idea that they're the champions. It would make sense if it was the champions is the thing. I see where you're coming from on that. Because it could just be like you refighting the last hurrah from the perspective of those champions. It almost could have been that had they wanted to put the work in to have you play as a different character for a sequence. Uh, yes. But that would require a lot of work can't just put that model put those models onto link's frame and call it good so hmm. <laughs> when black ganon uh it was very easy because they uh, gave me like a hundred arrows oh and that's all you want is the arrows all i ever want is arrows i've realized that i play this game very bow heavy i would rather i would rather shoot arrows a lot of time than hit a guy and that's be- is that because you would rather be far away exactly yeah yeah and especially for the bosses where they get into weird spots that teleport around and stuff like that sure sure well and i i I think for me anyway it's because i i I like to be stealthy when i can i think i generally like to be stealthy in games but i've definitely played games where you end up butting up against 
the game's like definition of stealth after a certain point uh yeah and it becomes hard eventually a game expects you to be able to go loud in a situation but sometimes you don't want to do that sometimes you just want to stay behind and shoot arrows and so that's what i did to win by ganon and then i got the cutscene with zelda meeting rivali at the the flight grounds or whatever the, and she's in her winter costume. She gets a whole I, costume. Is it just for this? Was it in any of the memories? I'm pretty sure it was entirely for this because it's in the DLC section of the Creating a Champion book. <laughs> so it seems like they just... Somebody made this design and really wanted it in the game and got their chance for the DLC. So good on them. I guess. Yeah. Well done. Uh, that then. What's the well? Wait, what's the the cutscene? What lore is the the relevant lore you get is that Rivali created the flight grounds. I think that was in his journal. Oh, okay. That that was a place he like built, which is cool. Uh, mostly it is just him trying to perfect doing Rivali's scale and having a rough time of it. Uh, he finally Oh, gets... but then he manages to do it at the end. Yeah, he gets it at the end and it's very dramatic. Uh-huh. I honestly, I... Even reading his diary and watching this cutscene, Rivali is still boring. I've come around through this podcast and been like, Falco just doesn't do it for me as a character. He's He's boring. Mm. He's my least favorite champion, I think. Okay. If I were to do a revised list, he would maybe take the bottom slot. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, internet, but he's just boring. The boy the boy is nothing to me, I guess. Um, it's okay. The other ones are okay, kind of. I like a lot of the other ones. We don't need to I'm I'm trying to re-rank them in my head <laughs> I don't have that kind of time. We have I, other uh, stuff to do. I'm not gonna re-rank them. I stand by my previous list even if I disagree with it. <laughs> i feel very strongly that at the time that was my absolute definitive ranking okay how i feel now i don't know tired <laughs> <laughs> okay one um, more section so, one more section yes i went back to the We've desert to do the camel went over to the desert got three new sets of things from the kiosk and from Cass for Takama Shiri Shrine, there was another agility exercise where you had to do a sand seal race sort of thing. Uh, uh, and, yes, and you grab a seal and go through the rings. And you can only do it with a sand seal as far as I can tell. It, it is very tight timing. Okay, sure. Uh, inside, which metal box puzzle was this? Oh, this one was cute. <laughs> It was a series of rooms where you had to use metal boxes to both unlock a door to get to the next section, and then also use them as your way to traverse the area. So they're not only the the blocks that you walk across, but they're the blocks that carry a current to the door opening battery or whatever. So it's an exercise in doing it in the proper order so you're not constantly electrocuting yourself. Sure. Unless. Unless. You've upgraded your rubber armor enough. 
which I, you know, I got in the shrine and I put it on because I'm like, I'm probably going to take a lot of electricity damage in this, so let's try and mitigate some of that. Yes. But I upgraded it enough that it had the uh, ability shockproof. And so I'm like, you can just walk over electrified metal and not feel it at all? I was like, surely that can't be just that. And <laughs> indeed, it was just that. So I could just walk across any electrified surface now. Hmm. Made the challenge easier. It's still a challenge because there's still some very, like, particular setups you have to do for some of these boxes to make the current even happen. Oh, okay. There were a few... The one at the very end involved very specific setup that I had to do to get the current to go all the way through. So even with the mitigated challenge, it was still a challenge, which is good. Kihiro Mo Shrine took me back to the back entrance of the Iga hideout. Oh, yeah. If you talk to... Riju, she'll reveal that another Gerudo heirloom had been stolen. This heirloom <laughs> being an orb that's identical to all the other orbs in the game. Yeah, yeah. There's already another Gerudo orb. Yeah, we have too. the design for the Gerudo orb. <laughs> but, like, they have another one. It's the one that was the reward for the actual Sand Seal race. Oh, that's right. So, like, they have another one of these. Jeez. I don't... People are really... It's a very orb-centric culture in it Hyrule. Is. Well, they want this orb back, so I had to go to yes. the Giga hideout to get it back. Uh, there's some bandits or some, like, treasure hunters out there that are hanging out. They're probably characters, but I do not remember these characters. Okay. And I looked it up, and, like, the Zelda Dungeon article didn't even mention who they were, so oh, maybe okay. not. But they... The way that this DLC has kind of thrown in random folks makes me think Pe that these are... Yeah, people who were NPCs before get to be... get one more thing to do. Yeah. That makes me think that these are probably people... Maybe they were, like, some of the random NPCs you can encounter out in the world. Because there are, like, random NPCs that are recurring. There's, like, the mushroom hunting girls. Oh, sure. Well, I think anybody who's not... Uh... Yiga in disguise is a named character with like a not not exactly a schedule but uh kind of a personality and a stomping ground and yeah a, uh, like a, a route that they cover and problems that they get into the mushroom girls you always find them in Faron getting attacked by Bokoblins. yeah I think there's another place they show up too but I yeah yeah so I think they might be characters like that that I just don't remember sure they're there and they know all about what's going on but you have to sneak back in backwards through the ego hideout to get to that secret banana room yeah 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 and in the secret banana room along with a bunch of bananas is the orb and you have to sneak it out which is still kind of annoying you say in your notes not a fan i'm not a fan so much because the the fail state is not just fight your way out, I think. Oh, okay. Where it should um, be. Uh, it, I, it, at least in this second time around, I think it would make sense for it to be Yeah. It should just be fight your way out the second time around. That would be more fun for me. Because also I was trying to f get my hands on a wind cleaver. 
Oh, sure. And Oh, I bet that's frustrating. <laughs> I did eventually get my hands on a wind cleaver. Okay, good. After I did all the stuff we talked about in this episode. Uh, but you get the, the orb out of the hideout, and you take it back to the, you know, the back entrance. And then... Um, I think if you talk to, like, it's pretty obvious what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But the treasure hunters will try to talk you out of it, which I oh, think yeah. is funny. Um, and you throw the orb into the bottomless pit that Koga died in. And that unlocks. Oh, that unlocks the shrine. I think I said the name of it. What did I say it was? Kihiro Mo Shrine. And this is a good one. <laughs> this one. Oh, this one is so good. You get inside, and there's an apparatus, and the apparatus lets you motion control a box. A cube. A cube. And inside the cube are orbs. Whoa. Amazing. It's actually like a graded cube with like slats in it, so you can kind of see inside of it. Yeah, yeah. And there are... a lot. Not a lot inside of it. And there are probably like 20 balls in this thing not maybe not 20 like a dozen to 15 or something like that yeah, yeah and they're all colored different colors and laid out in front of you is another one of those like combination grids where you have to put a number combination in yeah so it's how many green orbs are there how many red orbs are there so you have to motion control this thing and start squinting and counting to be like yes i think there's three green ones that is that a second red one i'm not sure the best it's ideal it's very good <laughs> you can get... I, i'm sure there are people who despise this puzzle monsters i i just oh like... no i take that back i bet colorblind folks don't like this they're not monsters. Eh. Uh, well are they um was there anything visual i'm sure it's really difficult to tell even if there are patterns on the spheres there might be patterns but it's not yeah that's I mean, I'm playing on my television, and sometimes mm -hmm. the graphical fidelity is not great, depending yeah. on what you're doing in the game. But in terms of, like, giving you something to do that isn't the same, like, move piece of metal around, kill a guy, stop time for a gear stuff, like, actually engaging your brain in a new way... Um, I love this. Yeah, really, really smart use of what they got in the game. And is there a second layer to this puzzle? The second layer is to get the chest. Because you can finish this and just go claim the shrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the second layer, you go in and there's a receptacle for a metal orb. Okay. And inside of the cube the box are some metal orbs that were previously uncounted that i hadn't realized oh so they're they're not even colored no they're just they're, they're just taking up space making it harder to count the other orbs yes which is very good and if you finagle the thing enough you can actually there's a spot to slide a side of the or the the box open oh okay and does that let you dump out all the orbs yes it does oh man so if you genuinely I must have done this i don't know if you you probably couldn't do it till you get on this side you probably couldn't oh, reach okay. over there but you have to magnesis sure. the side of it open and it doesn't stay open it's very fiddly but i, I definitely dropped a bunch of orbs out and spilled them all over the place and that's pretty good 
And then you drop a metal orb in the appropriate receptacle and... And you get a chest, yeah. And you get a chest. All good stuff. Really good stuff. And you feel like a genius. Yeah. This one's good. This is a good one. That's the thing. The The advantage of having these novel puzzle mechanics means that you get to feel like a genius. Whereas in all the other shrines, you feel like a guy who is playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah, after a certain point. After you kind of see the majority of what the game has, the tricks the yeah. game has to offer in these shrine puzzles. So thank you designers for being extra creative here. Yeah, and like a lot of the other shrine puzzles in this DLC, like the next one we're going to talk about, are all extensions of mechanics that have already been there. Yeah, yeah. And they're like more challenging versions of those, but they're not necessarily as creative. Which is not, it's not a bad thing no. either to have those. Because totally, totally. For most of, you know, for the basic game, they had this policy kind of where you couldn't really have a a shrine that was like building on another shrine's idea. Right. Uh, I, I mean, they did do that kind of, but that was limited by the fact that you could run into these shrines in all kinds of orders. So exactly. Sense. Here, they know you've done the base game already. You've yeah. already beat all the beasts so that you are allowed to build on ideas. And that's fun, too. But yeah, I still like to hear a mo a lot. Uh, Kievetala is the other one. Kievetala Shrine brings you to the desert. Oh, you meet up with the other side character that we've oh, never yes. talked about, uh, Tracy. Tracy, and you just now said her name out loud. <laughs> and it's like, Tracy. But it's spelled T-R-A-Y-S-I. Yeah. I never realized that it's just Tracy. Um, who is like, she writes Rumor Mill. Uh, she has a zine. <laughs> a hardbound zine. <laughs> That's right. In the post-apocalyptic world of Hyrule. We don't see any... Um, printing presses in any of these towns but she seems to have one and she puts out these books that you find in um the stables i think is where you yeah the only place you find them right uh where she is basically just giving you hints about quests uh in a fun in-universe way yep but here she is on the job she is an investigative journalist investigating Oh, uh, Molduga. Yeah. But not just any Molduga. It's an extra strong Molduga called a Moldu King. Cool. Uh, so you fight it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty resistant to physical attacks. So I tried to do the normal, you know, Graboid Make situation. Make it eat a bomb. Yeah. And I tried to wail on it, and it wasn't doing very much. What I found out that actually hurts it a lot is Urbosa's Fury. Uh-huh. It knocks out a significant chunk of its health. I think it's generally weak to lightning, is that right? That's probably also the case. I just did not pull out a thunder weapon, because I managed to use Urbosa's Fury a few times, and that did most of the damage. I think my approach was to use lightning arrows, I think. Ooh, that'd be good, too. Um, But it's a big ol' Moldiga, and you kill it, and you get another shrine. And in this shrine is one long puzzle 
where there is a electrical source at the beginning and a receptacle at the end, and you have to create a current that goes all the way through a whole thing with just very few metal boxes, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I wound up not being able to do it as intended, sort of. Mm-hmm. I ended up using like a metal spear to, to bridge, bridge a gap to bridge a gap to get most of the way there. Huh. I think there's a way to do it. There's like at certain places you can manipulate stuff in the environment to like make a platform rise up. Yeah. And I think I was supposed to do that slightly differently. And I, that would have saved me a use of a box, I think, is mm. what I did wrong. Interesting. Oh, it has a really infuriating second part. Oh, yeah? I where don't remember this. There are... How do I describe it? There's a section where there are very fast-moving platforms that have, like, conductive wires on them. And you can hit a bunch of crystal switches to stop them at the right spot to create a current that goes across to open a door to get the chest. The complication here is you can't get to those crystal switches directly, and instead you have to use a laser attached to an apparatus. Oh! Meaning you have to use motion controls to hit these crystal switches in oh. Wow. As someone who, you know, has fought against the motion controls a lot in this game this was it took took some effort but you did it eventually yeah again i'm pretty sure i would not have as much difficulty if i had my joy cons attached to the weird dog shaped thing that that turns it into a controller because then it would just be one surface that's like united and the, the motion controls would probably work better the thing is Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think the the apparatus uh, only uses the gyroscope in w- the right Joy-Con. Oh, okay. I could see that being the case. Because mm. otherwise it'd be complete nonsense. Well, maybe I needed to have learned that 100 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Because, boy, is it too late for that now. <laughs> no, that makes I'm sense. I'm not sure that's true, but could be. Considering the new Animal Crossing thing, when you do the calisthenics, it only wants the right Joy-Con anyways. Um, is that so? That's what the pop-up says every time. Doesn't stop me okay. from holding both in my hands, but... Right, I, I, I thought I read all the pop-ups... The, the the new Animal Crossing calisthenics is really intent on warning you, please don't exercise too much. This is not an exercise game. We just put this in as a fun thing. Please calm down. Yeah. If you if you throw your Joy-Con at the screen, if you pull a muscle, we're going to get in huge trouble. <laughs> we didn't tell our bosses we put this in the game. Shh. We didn't get clearance <laughs> from Wii Fit Trainer. She was like... <laughs> You're not allowed to do an exercise game. Oh, I that's like that's my idea. impression of her voice. I like her being just somebody that's like middle management at Nintendo. No, it's because there is no management at Nintendo. All these decisions are made inside 
Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, good. And they Great. had a meeting and they were like, could we borrow a mechanic from your game? And she crossed her arms and she <laughs> Wonderful. Then I went to Vondaboris and refought Thunder of Blight Ganon. And this is the one we were worried about. I was worried about this one because this was a fight that regular kind of took me some effort. Yeah. But yeah. I think I've actually finally learned the dodge timing on this fight, so it was not too bad. Oh, so now you can speedrun this game. Could I speedrun this game? I'm not good enough at the comp. Well... You know what? Speedrunning this game involves doing the thing on next week's podcast, so maybe I'll have oh. to figure it out then. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah. Um, not, not so bad. Not so bad. Okay. Water Blight is still the worst of the ones. If you say so. I do say so. We get. I'm a... not saying that in like a, I disagree with you, but I'm not willing to pursue the subject. I just don't really have an opinion. Yeah. That would involve you having to go replay all the DLC, and who has the time for that? Nah, nah, nah. Waterblight the... is the first one I tried that destroyed me when I only had like three hearts. So I think oh, that it's right. being very difficult, but also like my difficulty was due to my being stupid. Well, so... Waterblight's not a problem if you have arrows, but in that oh, yes. refight, you have 10 arrows and it's not enough. Okay. So you defeated the Lightning Blight, Thunder Blight, Electric Blight, and. Uh, then you got a cutscene. I got a cutscene of Urbosa and Zelda hanging out. It starts off with like them having like a ceremony at the Gerudo like throne room or whatever you call that, and then it cuts to them just hanging out outside of town and being like, "Oh, I hate ceremony." It's good. wait. What was the ceremony for? Oh, it was just Zelda announcing like, "Oh, we deem you worthy of becoming the champion," etc. Oh, okay. etc. Okay. And Urbosa saying, I accept this. Blah, blah, blah. Neither of them <laughs> actually want to do this, and they're like walking around outside of town after the cutscene, and it's good. I accept this. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's me at any Zoom meeting. <laughs> uh. Um, so they're they're talking and then some Yiga guys show up and Urbosa murders them yeah no she specifically doesn't murder them she kicks their butts oh okay and says i would murder you but i'm not going to do that in front of the princess wow which is real good like that love that love that energy Mm -hmm. Uh, she does her like amiibo pose after she like finishes whipping their butts and that probably happens in every single one of these and i just didn't notice because i don't know what the other amiibo poses are um Daruk's amiibo pose is just like flexing, right? It's like he's just got the big sword over his shoulder. Oh, that's right. I think. Okay. Yeah, th- this this is probably in every single one of these like key arts, but I just did not notice. All right. They um... oh the the conversation's really silly because the whole background is that Urbosa knew Zelda's mom, and yes. they have this whole conversation about zelda's mom but they have to talk around the fact that zelda's mom does not have a name Uh uh-huh and so you get some very funny dialogue about that whoops not intentionally funny and like funny in a stilted way but that's pretty video game so that's it i beat the dlc okay psych oh you get a call on your 
telepathy phone from <laughs> Maz Kashia, who tells you to go back to the Shrine of Resurrection. There's one more thing to do. Oh, boy. So this final what? thing. What? You go back. That's put... the thing. You 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 start this by going to the Shrine of Resurrection and putting the Sheikah Slate into the, the thing you got it out of. And that makes the one-hit obliterator appear, right? Correct. Then Which you... Is, it, it's yeah. still there when you get back. The one-hit obliterator is? It's just sitting there. You can't take it, but it's just sitting there. That's bizarre. It's weird. Uh, but then, like, yeah, you come back and it's like, okay, activate the thing again by putting the slate back in the receptacle, the pillar. And it this feels, time... It almost feels like he's going to trick you into starting it over, which would be really funny. <laughs> I think that uh, it, would be Moskosia's style, actually. Yeah. Instead, the whole like chamber of resurrection or whatever sinks into the ground, and it goes deep, deep down underground to a dungeon. There is a dungeon, another even dungeon in this DLC. And never mind if it's like not really an amazing dungeon. I would say it's still like an entire dungeon. I would say it is exactly the same scope as the other dungeons in the game. It probably is, yeah. It's it not... Is... Yeah. Yeah. I like it. No, it's good. I like it. I, I like it a lot, too. I I can't help saying out loud that it's not as good as other dungeons in other games. Well, sure, but as a whole, Breath of the Wild's approach to dungeons is way different. Yes. And reflects the you can take any course of action at pretty much any time mindset okay and they the developers have definitely stretched that as far as that will go i think (laughs) and they will either when it comes to a sequel they're gonna have to probably reinvent that a little bit if they want to even go the route of having dungeons in this way yeah, I think. Because who knows what the next game's, like, dungeon quote-unquote content's going to be like. No. We know there's no shrines. She doesn't have dungeons. She just kind of goes from zone to zone and shoots different aliens. Yep, exactly. Morph ball. Uh, so, the, the dungeon this is called, dungeon is rad, though. It's so good. It's called Final Trial, which is not a very good name. No, and, like, a, a better dungeon name could easily present itself based I mean, on what's going on in here. Essentially, the game is tipped at this much at this point that this is a divine beast. The, the, all, yeah, the, yeah. all the stuff leading up is... They could have just called it, like, Final Divine Beast. Or, like, put Divine Beast somewhere in the name. Um, but they're, they're, they don't want to spoil... I think they're trying not to spoil the, the thing that is going to happen after you finish this dungeon. I think you're right. It is a very so cool dungeon. They're trying to be vague about what this is leading up to, and so they don't want to make it too obvious. Uh, but the central theme of the dungeon is related, which yeah, it, is there is a big drive shaft. Yes. I'm not inside car- an engine of sorts. I'm not a car person, so if I get any of these car terms wrong, uh, I'm not sorry, but that might happen. Yeah. There's a central drive shaft, like Ryan said, and it rotates in either direction, and you get to choose which direction it's rotating. Which, again, it's kind of like, as cool as this is, it, it just doesn't shine in comparison to the mechanics of other dungeons where you got to decide 
you got to like fine tune the direction of the water that Varuta is spraying out. Uh, you got to. See, I'm okay with yeah. Carefully move around the the sides of the camel to complete um, different electrical currents. Here it's just you want to go clockwise, you want to go counterclockwise. I think that's good though. I think that the way okay. it uses that works really well. Yes, definitely. Because outside of the main drive shaft, there's these like offset little shafts, and each one yeah. has one of the little beacons that you have to activate. I forget what they're called. The game Terminals. doesn't really that yeah, the, the game doesn't hardly even cares what they are at this point, really. Right, right. Switches basically, yeah. but they're called terminals. Yeah. So each one of the four terminals is at the end of one of these connected shafts and each one kind of like vaguely represents one of the divine beasts you did oh yeah as you as you, as you accomplish each one guardians start to show up in the center of increasing difficulty yeah yeah including in a twist that ryan probably knew about and has been laughing at me includes more of those flying guardians that i hate <laughs> Now, uh, it would make sense for me to be laughing at you behind your back, but I actually forgot about this because my approach to this dungeon was I didn't want to deal with any of the guardians in the central area. Yeah. I just wanted to do the puzzles off to the sides, and so I would rush through the central area every time. That's Basically, I had no memory of any of that. Yeah, that's fair because they're really good puzzles. Yes, I did the Naboris one first, sort of. I think it's the Naboris, yeah. And you have to, like, connect the central shaft to this shaft to begin it, to make it rotate. And then you had to... Straightforward. I didn't put any notes for this one. You have to cause it to rotate and then use Magnesis to, like, latch on another metal bit so that that gets caught which makes the back half of the cylinder rotate yes yes it kind of introduces new weird magnesis objects in here that are very mechanical in nature yes i think maybe like the the map mechanic of changing the rotation of the shaft um is supplemented by this pachinko ant thing of then manipulating things that connect to that central shaft. And so you're actually having a much finer tuned control over the dungeon than you did in those other places. It's just that you have to do a bunch of it by hand instead of via the map. Yeah, it's real cool. Yeah. There's the Rudania section that is only really the Rudania section because there's lava. Sure. As far as I can tell, you have to go over a rotating spike walkway, which is good. Mm-hmm. And then there's, I want to describe it as one of those labyrinth things that we've talked about, but it's not. No, <laughs> labyrinth in the sense of a, boy, how do you even describe this? You have to put a ball through a tube, and then you have to rotate the tube back and forth to get the ball out the other end to come out to where it needs to go yeah i love this it's like weird physics object to play with you don't use motion controls for this you use the rotation of the central drive shaft to accomplish this yep 
there are like real life toys that do this that i'm having a hard i'm my hands are moving and you can't see that because this is a podcast and i'm trying to describe exactly how this works but it's a very fun toy to play with yes they give you a fun toy in this section of the dungeon and i love fun toys me too what else is there what else there is the ruta puzzle that involves oh it's a lot of you end up using a lot of your tools here because you have to use stasis to get even get over there because oh boy there's a how can you describe any of this with words out loud it's just gears and teeth (laughs) it's so many gears and sockets and sprockets there's like teeth on a gear where you have to use stasis to keep the 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 tooth long enough so it doesn't fold into itself to open up a path of course the tooth doesn't fold into itself because obviously it's going to fold into itself because this is a dungeon yeah there's a whole section where you have to raise and lower water classic of zelda Mm -hmm. but the mechanism of doing that is there's straight up a spigot with a with a twisty handle cool and you have to or at least how i did it i used stasis to rotate it the first way and then i used like a catapult to launch a metal box to get it to go back on <laughs> it's absurd. It's hard to. This is a really hard one to explain. But you end up yes. using like these big spigots to raise and lower water levels to get to the thing. It's very good section that is almost impossible to talk about with words. Yep. What was the last one? Oh, meadow, where there's just a giant fan, just a giant okay. clinker's cavern fan <laughs> that you have to choose, rotate different directions to platform a whole bunch of stuff and use the air currents it's very good okay that's it you get all four things it releases the locks on this door at the end of the drive shaft you're not done yet because you have to connect the drive shaft to that to open it oh i forgot all about that that's really good just the theming here is extremely good just throughout the whole thing you are using this central mechanism to accomplish everything in this dungeon. It's very cool. Yes. I feel so mad at myself when I said earlier that the mechanism is simple. No, it's it, not. Well, it, it totally is simple. There's only two points. It's it's rotate left or rotate, you know, rotate counterclockwise or rotate clockwise. But because it's like a literal engine, mm-hmm. it, it, it uses that to great effect. It's not just the dungeon tipping one way or versus tipping the other way, right? There, right, are, right. there are mechanisms involved here, and it rules. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. You get to there, and Maz Kashi is there. You can see him. He's just in a room with like light coming down somehow. Sure, and it, it's almost like there seems to be, like it's outside in like a mossy glen, despite it there. being extremely far underground. Yeah, incredibly far underground. But they and, did. They did have. Never mind. We've done enough Metroid jokes. Uh, <laughs> never. Absolutely never. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Maskoshi is there, and he, like, gives you some reward for winning. You go up you to him in, like, any other 
end of any other shrine and you touch the thing and he says okay good and then he stands up ah! which is terrifying and then he teleports you to final destination <laughs> uh way above the great plateau and he fights this is you. so messed up this so I, part wrecks me so i knew about this oh okay. going in i i did know this was happening going in this has been spoiled years for me so i i i, I almost feel ryan when you played this did you, did you know this is going to happen i don't think so no. okay so that just wrecked you then yeah the a monk they're you know redeads they're mummies they should not move <laughs> and he is just going to stand up and says that he's going to fight me i don't know if he says it. i forget exactly what he says but basically like I, one more challenge or something yeah and then you, you teleport to final destination and he is starts wrecking you like he is really really tough I, I ended up not having too tough of a time, but also I'm not playing on Master Mode. I was not, yeah, I was on Master Mode. Um, he's so nasty. He has a lot of nasty tricks, though, yeah. He basically has the same moves as, like, an Ega Troop guy. Yeah, yeah. Where he does, like, the run real, teleport real fast and then slice at you. He will jump up in the air and shoot arrows like an Ega, but he uses elemental arrows. So you can shock you and make you drop your sword. Yeah. Oh, also, it's raining. Oh yeah. It's subtle, and I didn't realize that's what was going on. And later on in the boss fight, when I was getting real tired of fighting the boss, I tried to pull out <laughs> bomb arrows, and guess what? Don't work because it's raining. They thought of that. They listened to all 40 episodes of this podcast and heard that I would use bomb <laughs> arrows at any point, and said, "Oh no, we're gonna stop that right now by making this outside." They thought of everything. Um, he's the music is amazing. It's very good. It's like very out of place in a way that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, you know we're suspending the normal Breath of the Wild world to do this this electronic crazy extra things. Yeah. yeah. In a game that has very naturalistic sounds, it has this very. They couldn't get Jason Yu to write any more piano music. And so they had to pull in some overclocked remix guy. <laughs> Something like that. He's got so that's like the first section. Like the first quarter is just that stuff. And then and then, and it's like, okay, I can keep up with this. But the second like phase, he just summons a million clones. Um yes. It's, it's rude. Um is this when he does the the thing i don't know if the you could do it too where there's a bunch of like red symbols behind him he has kind of the same oh let me think but like there's there's shika letters that appear in a circle yeah he's got that like ega style magic there's a fun fact about those ega letters and i'm gonna try and track it down uh, but I bet that they're Sheikah letters in his case. They probably just use the same effect but replace it with the Sheikah symbols instead of the Ego, whatever the Ego variations. It, they might be the same for all I remember. I, I think know. they do. I think because the Yiga guys are... Um, an offshoot. An offshoot. Um, I'm going to find it because... Okay, do you remember on Sailor Moon when Sailor Mars would do the the mudra with her hands and say those syllables? 
probably it's been a long while Oh. It's on my list. I, I will rewatch Sailor Moon soon, I promise. The <laughs> Make it sound like I have been bugging you about this for years, Zach. You haven't, but also it is on my list. Okay. Um we are suspending the podcast for me to actually oh, okay, I'll find stop. this because I'll stop it's cool. I'll stop the content. No, because I, I, we're talking too much. We can't. I won't be able to <laughs> stitch, pull out the boring stuff and stitch together the cool stuff like I usually am able to do. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's not. The, the Yiga don't do this. I was wrong. Uh, Mazkosia, when he has the circle of symbols around him, they're the uh, symbols for the Shika symbols for RPTSKJ. R Z Z, which are the nine syllable seals Rin, Pyo, To, Sha, Kai, Jin, Retsu, uh, Zai, Zen. So he's doing the same move that Sailor Mars does. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't think Mazakoshi is as cool as Sailor Mars, but. I think it's perfectly equal. Okay. I have immense respect for both of those guys. <laughs> Okay, Mazkoshia summons a million ninja clones, and it's very rude. There's, <laughs> yes. As far as I can tell, there's no, like, tell for which one is the real one. No, I could not figure that out. And I, would, I, I, I consider it very rude that there isn't any way to figure out which one is fake. I thought, or like, which one is real. Yeah, I thought, I like, tried stasis, I tried magnesis, like, I tried the tools at my disposal and nothing, uh-huh. so... I, maybe there's some super obscure way that some dev is just chuckling about. I don't know. That would be another thing I could waste a bunch of time looking up. Not worth it. Uh, and oh, but this is where you know I just recently got Urbosa's Fury upgraded, so I can do it extremely often. So that's where this came into effect. Where okay, cool, you're gonna surround me with ninja clones. Let's just lightning shock everybody. So that was useful. I'm ignoring you while I try and find the tell for the real. Oh no! I'm pretty sure there's not. I uh, yeah, I can't find it. Okay. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there's not. Okay. Halfway through, he makes himself real big. Oh yeah. He just gets like big. it wasn't terrifying enough. And he will like float around and launch a bunch of weird attacks at you, which is pretty cool. Uh, he has um Koga's big spike balls, right? He has a weird one with the spike balls where, like, he'll summon a bunch and then tip the whole platform at you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's bad. He has one where he causes, like, a... Like, a... He causes a current error and you can end up riding the current of error. And I forget what the current of error is supposed to do. It can, like, explode at you or something like that. It's it's an attack that the Eagle Blade Masters have. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He also just gets the guardian lasers, which doesn't. He shouldn't be able to do that. Um, I don't think he shouldn't just be able to suddenly have the some, the the guardian laser power. I feel like that's <laughs> that's just too not much. fair. Not fair. Absolutely not fair. How is he doing that? I think it's because Maj Mazkoshia controls the vertical and the horizontal. Ugh. This is not. This is the Alnuma. This is the. 
the actual like mother brain behind the whole game. And I could never find what Moscosia stood for. Um, like I didn't know. Maybe what, it stands I, for Sailor Mars. It must be. Yeah. The final phase, he's still big, but then he starts walking around like a Hinox. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. mostly. I'm pretty sure it's mostly using like the Hinox, like AI for this section of the fight. Yeah, yeah. But also while he's doing that, well, first it's harder to hit him because the hat gets in the way. Sure. Of shooting his eyeball. And he summons the small clones. So can you like think for a minute what I had to do to beat this guy in master mode? Oh, do they have, do bosses health refill? Yes. Oh, that sounds miserable. I don't know why people would subject themselves to that. But also, uh, I, I don't just like... to prove that I'm better at video games than you. That you can have it. Sure, I had a more oh. fun time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Does he have any forms after that? Are no, we that's it. Done? You okay. finally take him out and you beat him, and he's like done. And I guess I also reading when I was trying to find his name, I found out you could just go rematch him whenever. Which uh, sure, that's cool. I would never do that, but it's really fun to have that for 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 a boss where it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is it. You did it. There's no more quest left you did all the quest <laughs> the final destination platform transforms for oh they love this dramatic so, reasons i guess someone was just like wait <laughs> let me you know crack my knuckles and i'll do the most overwrought cut scene of just pieces of stone folding in and out of each other to reveal this cool thing it's going it's to be so much it's so unnecessary it's bonkers and stupid, but it's, you know, I mean, it is proportionate to the cool thing that's being revealed. Yeah, and I knew this was coming, but what is revealed is the Master Cycle Zero. Whoa! The famous Mario Kart. No, bike. Zach. <laughs> In Mario Kart Eight, that's the Master Cycle. Uh huh. This is the Master Cycle Zero that precedes. This is the prequel to that motorcycle so does that mean that the mario kart devs knew no you don't think they they knew that they were going to put a bike in zelda they may have but there's nothing about there's nothing here that supports that thesis they call it the master cycle because it's a a zelda motorcycle okay and then the breath of the wild devs were like okay well it's not that one it's going to be the one before that (laughs) <laughs> so it's the master cycle zero that's right it's it great. does imply continuity between zelda and mario kart because there's no other reason to call it zero now i'm thinking about mario kart continuity and we have to get off that that track immediately this podcast has gone on too long okay uh it it whips the master cycle zero rules it's a lot of fun it's the best. I have not played with it too much yet. I wrote it from the Great Plateau to my house. Uh, and it's fun. It's not like... It's it's exactly what the game needs. When I said that I have a zillion hours in this game because I've spent so much time riding a horse around, uh-huh. I think really what's going on is I've spent a ton of time just riding this motorcycle around. Yeah. 
it's it's more fun than a horse, even though you have to refuel it with wood every once in a while. How often? Because I haven't noticed. I didn't run out of gas on my like major sojourn yet. Yeah, it's it's not very bad. Um, it's just often enough to make it feel like, um, to make it feel real. You know, like it's it, not it gets just good a, gas mileage. That's good. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Except I I I only use uh, bundles of wood. When I'm refueling it, I I have enough of those, I guess, from Terrytown reasons. I um, pulled up a list, and there's like logic to like what things give good gas and which ones don't. And right. Whole thing uh, you, about that. You really want to use the the ancient gears and stuff, right? Yeah, like that stuff's good. If you want to use a bunch of what's the the star bits or whatever. Oh well, no, you wouldn't use that. You, you could those have, are better for other stuff. Oh, I know that, but. You could. Those are, like, the most valuable thing for it, but you don't need that. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, It's fast. It's as fast as, like, the fastest horse at full gallop. Mm-hmm. It has a jump that I haven't found any immediate use for yet, but I am excited to find. Do you remember my tw- video on Twitter years ago of getting that stuck on top of a guardian leg? No, but that's a- great. A petrified guardian. Yeah. Um in blastery plane i was trying to jump over its leg and the motorcycle got you know it's it's now hooked over that leg one wheel is ahead one wheel is behind you hit the gas and the rear wheel like spins it's not you know it's it's only the rear wheel that's connected to the drive or whatever so it's like accurate but um because there, it's not on anything. You're just stuck hanging in place. Mm. It was amazing. That's fun. That's good. That's crunchy. Yes, it's extremely crunchy. I should mention that you can just summon it in and out with a rune. That's how it works. You don't have to stable it. I tried to yeah. stable it. They didn't react to it. I was a little bummed they didn't react to it. Oh, yeah. That's too bad. Uh, They probably just... No, it's don't... awesome. What's up? Oh, I, I love the Master Cycle Zero. It's cool. It's it's a really it was kind of jarring when I first heard that they put a bike in Zelda, but like it makes sense for this game. It totally makes yes. sense for this game. Yeah. And that's partly because it's very well designed visually. Yeah, it's cool. The ancient tech stuff looks good. And we should say this is Link's Divine Beast by the way. Right. That's what we uh the weird like secret yeah, the whole the whole champion's ballad, well, half of it is about Link getting a divine beast finally. But it's not a big animal; it's a little animal that goes fast. And so Cass is like, I guess the, when they were saying "Don't scare the horses" in that song, it was they were talking about a motorcycle with an engine that scares horses. That's correct. Which is dumb. I like it. I think it's good. I'm on board. Speaking of Cass, we actually, he, he ends this whole thing kind of where oh yeah the game, after you beat Maz Kashi and you get the Master Cycle Zero, the game cuts to you just walking out of the Shrine of Resurrection and Cass is there standing at the spot where you like run out to at the very start of the game and he's pumped. He's like, oh, hey, you're here. Finally, I got, I finished the song. I finished my master's uncompleted song and I'm ready to play it for you. And it goes to play it, and then Link immediately zones out. 
And it's not because he remembers the song, right? Because it wasn't finished. No, he has no memory of the song, but it's... I think the lyrics of the song must be about, like, the champions. And so he, like, has a memory of him hanging out with the champions. And you get one of those, like, the, the last memory cutscene of the game. Yes. Where... There's another unimportant ceremony where the king is talking to the champions in the throne room. Yeah. And he's like, my daughter made you guys scarves. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Which, to be fair, that is cool. I would yeah. like somebody make me a scarf. That's great. Uh, And then it cuts to all the champions just hanging out in a gazebo. Sure. And it's nice. It's yeah. it's just, it's they, they sit and they chat and they're talking about the Sheikah Slate and they banter with each other for a minute and they'll take a group photo uh and it's very cute there's like it's the extremely last, cute you got like like uh mifa doesn't want to get too close to link but she, they're like no, no no get over there we need to scoot in and she's all shy about it yeah that animation actually sticks in my head i think that must be a very good animation or maybe i'm just i just have a good imagination and at the very, like, the, like, like, one, two, three picture, and, like, right at three, Daruk just surprise grabs everybody. Yeah. And it's very good. It's very cute. Yeah. Uh, this picture was clearly taken by Pura. There's now, a, how do you know that? Because it's, I'm pretty sure it's the same voice actor they got for Age Calamity. Okay. So it, it's, it, in the, in the, in Breath of the Wild... All we know about the person taking the photo is, like, hearing this voice. Okay, they don't give her a name, right? They don't get this as an unnamed character, as as of Breath of the Wild specifically. There's an unnamed character that takes a picture of Zelda, Link, and the Champions. And her voice mannerisms sound like Pura. And I'm pretty sure the voice is the same voice actress they got for Pura in Age of Calamity. So that like, is demented. <laughs> yeah, right? uncredited role pura seen off screen because we didn't want to give her a model in this game that's sickening right because that's that's who that's the only person it could be unless like pura has like a doppelganger that talks like her cool that right really, yeah yeah that's it's really cool but it's like <laughs> that's the kind of thing that would be to go back to like dumb ideas thrown around forums this is someone's like really f stretched thin fan theory like yes this person sound that voice is very similar to the voice of a, someone in a different game so i i posit that they are in fact the same character <laughs> and that this was a subtle hint no, but like it actually does make sense it's not like two separate companies ha hiring the same voice actor for unrelated projects it's just Yep. It actually makes sense. D yep. Disgusting. It's great. So you get that memory, and then Cass finishes his song, and Link zones back in. And like, oh, yeah, it was great. And Cass is like, hey, thanks. I, hey, I think you probably want this photo. And hands you a photo, and then... I was just, he doesn't leave. He just hangs out there. He just hangs out it. there. You get the photo, but... Is it actually in your inventory? It does go into your inventory, yes. Oh, okay. And you get a telepathic message from Zelda saying, good job, you've literally beaten everything in this game, you should probably go beat the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but I didn't go do that. I went and brought the photo to my house, and you get a very cute cutscene of Link putting it up on his wall. Okay. And I was trying to figure out how it got on the wall because you, you have to go put memory, it there. It was it just appeared there. No, you have to go put it there. It's also huge. It's like a giant poster size printout, and not a four by six like you would think. Um, maybe they used that utility to uh, blow up a picture, so you print a bunch of four by sixes, and they're all these. Oh, that's the the masturbating or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's probably what happened in Breath of the Wild. That It's that Pura wrote the same algorithm the masturbator uses. Yeah. That's one of the functions of that Chica robot tech thing that they have at Robbie's lab. Yes. It's also a printer. Also, I mean, it, maybe it does kind of print weapons. Well, there it's, you go. It's a printer and a 3D printer. <laughs> and a wife. And a wife. <laughs> but that's it. So I've done so much of this game. I beat both DLCs. Both uh, DLCs. The second DLC, the second DLC, really good. Really yes. good. Yes. Uh, first DLC, it was fun, but it was not nearly as rich, as, uh, full of stuff as this one. No, there, there are two different ideas on two different scales. Yeah. Um, You did all the shrines. I've done all the shrines. I'm done with shrines. You did, like, half of the Koroks. Yeah. Um, you're not displaying a percentage yet, though, because you haven't done that one thing that was, like, the first quest they gave you. <laughs> Look, if you give me side quests, I'm going to do the side quests first. Uh, so I think that on the next episode, you should either fight Ganon or we should talk about Genshin Impact. Thank you.